2: Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you.
3: Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Evans, Bike Radar's digital writer. It's eBike Week at BikeRadar.com and today's podcast is an electric bike special. I've asked bike brands, cycling campaigners and politicians why they think electric bikes are the future of urban transport. But before hearing from Specialised Globe, Brompton, the Sustrand Cycling Charity and Selene Saxby MP, please remember to share and subscribe to the podcast. There will be links in the show notes to a feature on the topic as well as more electric bike content from eBikeWeek at Bikeradar.com. So please read those after listening to the podcast. Saul Lakin, Global Category Leader at Specialised Globe. What why Globe and Specialized um, decided to go into e-bikes, particularly for cities?
0: Of course. Uh, well, Specialized' main sort of why for existing uh, is to pedal the planet forward, uh, and what we mean by that, of course, is that we, we think that the bicycle is the solution to some of the the biggest challenges facing. Uh, the the planet humankind uh you know right, right now and and uh two of the big ones uh, of course are the environment uh as well as uh, mental health challenges uh and so what we're trying to do with specialized globe uh is bring joy to everyday trips uh and so we're trying to help get people you know out of their four-wheeled steel cages uh and onto a two-wheeled uh fun exciting uh electric vehicle and um, Well, I'll stop there. I think that's, (laughs) that's, that's why.
3: Um, what, what is more fun about, um, an electric bike to a car, particularly in town?
0: Yeah, uh, I think there's a, a, at least a few things. So uh, first one is is simply the sort of wind in your hair, right? Um, uh, another one, I like to say that e-bikes really shrink the city, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, it, it turns the city even on an analog bike. Uh, you know, it's it can be a little bit daunting to ride all the way across town or something like that, especially for your for your average person. Uh, an e-bike really helps bring these. Areas of the city that you tend to think are kind of further away from you a lot closer because you can put you don't have to put in quite as much effort and you have the ability to carry a lot more stuff with you that you might need when you get there.
3: Um, in And how important is the role of electric cargo bikes in this vision that you have?
0: I think it's pretty critical. Uh, you know, we we like to refer to Globes as everything bikes, and what we mean by that is we want everybody to be able to do everything they need to do on one of our bikes. Uh, of course, that that can mean carrying cargo, uh, but it, it can mean a lot of things. Um, but but the reason cargo in particular is important is because most cars, even if you're talking about a small smart car or something, they have a trunk, right? They they have they have the ability for you to bring some stuff with you, and it's pretty rare that we go anywhere and we don't need anything at all. So it's it's uh, in order to help uh sort of increase the the adoption of using bicycles as transportation we need to provide a way for people to bring stuff with them that that's easy to use and and as i've said that is even a little bit fun and exciting because you need that to to really encourage folks to give up the car and and jump on the bike
3: what um what things do you think are holding people back from making that switch from the car to the electric cargo bike
0: yeah um I think there are two main ones. Uh, the first one is what we've sort of already been talking about, which is the ability to carry things, and, and especially the ability to carry things in a in a pretty straightforward manner. Uh, so one of the one of the products that Specialized makes uh, is called a Cool Cave. Uh Cool Cave is uh, uh, I don't know, call it a basket pannier, right? Um, and uh, one of the main design ideas behind that was that we really wanted to make it easy for people to carry a lot of stuff, and, and really emphasis on the easy. So it's a big big basket that can hang off any of your racks, um, on any specialized bike and, and any rack out there on the market on any bike. Um, and, uh, we've also collaborated with Raven to have a, a series of really fun and uh, useful bags that are, are tailor-made for the cool cave. So it's really seamless for you to take your shopping tote into the, into the market, do your shopping and just drop it right in that bag. Just like you would just drop your shopping bag in the trunk of a car. Um, so that, that's a big one. And then the other one is ease of use, right? We, we all know it doesn't take much effort to press a gas pedal. Uh, and so if we're going to help people, you know, stop pressing the gas pedal quite as often and start pressing on a, on a bicycle pedal, it has to be similarly easy for them and for that average person, right? Uh, and that's where e-bikes really shine. I think they, they, they really help uh, people consider the bicycle in the way they might not have before, uh, because it, it really lowers that, that barrier uh, of ease of use. Um,
3: how do you address the, the, the issue of costs surrounding electric
2: bikes?
0: Uh, yeah, you know, I think it, it's really about the way we talk about them it, it, in my point of view. Uh, now that we're, we're really as an industry, uh, embracing transportation as, as part of our mission, uh, we really should be talking about the bikes that we make as affordable, uh, accessible, lifetime value uh, things, right? When you consider it a vehicle, uh, even a $3,500 bike, uh, when you think about all the use you get out of it day in and day out, it's way more affordable than a $35,000 car, right? Uh, so when you think about it that way, uh, the, the the question of price is, is uh, you can consider it a little bit differently. The other thing I'd say is that increasingly we're we're offering different financing options. So, specialized at, at least here in the USA, uh, we offer financing uh, through uh, our partner Klarna, uh, and that's another way to bring the uh, the purchase into a more uh, accessible realm for people.
3: Um, you mentioned the environment as a benefit of electric bikes, um, which which other ways are electric bikes better, not just for the user but for the rest of the city?
0: um so well first of all on the environment piece you know uh, it's clear that they uh, they don't have any emissions um you uh, what when they're being ridden uh uh, something I like to do is compare electric bikes to electric cars, and I think electric cars are great. Uh, uh, they're they're much better than an internal combustion engine car. Uh, however, they still have some of the the ills uh, that that any car would have, uh, and I, I want to focus on two in particular. Uh, one is the weight of them is still quite heavy, uh, and it's the the weight of cars and trucks and and these big motor vehicles uh, that really do a lot of damage to our city streets, and they cause uh, they cost cities, and, and therefore. It, people who live in cities through their tax dollars a lot of money uh to be um uh you know uh, repaired all all the time um another thing about their about their size is they create contribute to a lot of congestion right and uh and cities are always trying to find ways to to reduce that congestion, uh, as well as to, to solve for parking issues. Again, the weight, the size of these vehicles uh, contributes to all that. So it's pretty clear an electric bike, uh, on all three of those fronts, that weight and the size, uh, and that, and, uh, the, the effect that those things have on the, on the city streets, the congestion, the parking, uh, electric bike solves for a lot of that uh and then the last thing i, I would say is that electric cars they are still cars uh and cars unfortunately have a bad habit of harming and even killing people um and uh, electric bikes do not <laughs> uh and uh, so i think not only do we have all these wonderful benefits for the for the environment and for the sort of ease of city life but uh it's also much better for for people living long healthy lives uh, compared to cars
3: and um How would you, um, try and persuade people who, um, are stuck with, um, well, perhaps what we call pedal assisted bikes or you call analog bikes, how, how could you convince them to consider getting an electric bike for commuting or grocery shopping, for example?
0: Yeah, I, first thing I do is just ask them to ask them to ride it. Because uh, often, uh, when when you ride an electric bike, you sort of a light bulb goes off, and you and you understand the, the place for it. So, the folks who who are already riding bikes, I want to celebrate and applaud them and thank them, um, and I want to encourage them to consider the place that an electric bike could have in their lives. Right? Maybe uh, a lot of bike radar readers are, are probably mountain bikers or, or road or gravel riders, uh, and we, of course still love those bikes very much we're not giving up that at all uh, at specialized as as we enter further into this transportation space we are investing just as much in our you know performance road and mountain uh categories uh however not however and there there is a place for for these core riders uh to ride an electric bike as well right you know you might not want to ride your your tarmac through the streets of london to your office but you could ride one of our turbo vados or or one day a specialized globe
3: (laughs) And um, what, um, what, what's the, the key technological advance that you're working on for electric bikes? What's the next
0: frontier for them? Excellent question. Well, I, I'll speak to Globe, I guess, a little bit. Um, the... the, the Number one value at Specialized, and and of course, therefore, at Specialized Globe, is the rider is the boss. And we want to make sure that we're making the most technically advanced product that provide a performance benefit to that rider. Uh, so when it comes to Globe, one of the things we, we thought a lot about is a lot of what I've said already, right? How do we make it uh, as easy to ride a bike as this to press a gas pedal? How do we uh, you know use technology to create the best experience? Looking just on their bike, uh, and that's really how we we designed our motor system. So that's specialized. We don't do off the shelf stuff very often. Uh, we, we like to, uh, we, in this pursuit to provide that performance benefit, we really uh, dive into the details, the engineering, the design on how to do this. So, we uh, developed our own motor and battery system that's going to provide uh, the right amount of power for riders who are really carrying a lot of weight. Uh, a lot of other People in the space, they, they might use the same motor on, on multiple bikes that uh, have multiple intended uses. And in our case, we really want to focus on that, on the specific intended use and create a, a product for that. Uh, so th- without sharing more specific details, that that's the sort of guiding principle for us and what we can... Um, what you can look for in the future as as riders seek out new ways to use their bikes, Specialized will seek out new ways to provide a performance benefit to them. And I want to be clear, I'm I'm using the word performance a couple of times, Uh, Globe is just as high performance as anything Specialized has ever made. And and in fact, it may be the highest performance bike we ever made. Uh, And that's because... In this case, we're, we're looking after performance, not for, you know, the most aerodynamic uh, hill climbing race winning Tour de France bike uh, or the fastest downhill demo bike. Um, but in our case, we were looking for performance that, you know, is going to help you carry the most number of watermelons up a big hill or something like that. And um, but, it, but it's still a performance. It's just unleashing the specialized performance and innovation engine on a on a new rider category.
3: How far could um, battery range develop to enable someone, say, to use a, a similar type of electric bike for town trips as well as recreational trips beyond the, ba- the borders of town?
0: Yeah. Uh, ba- battery technology is rapidly uh, evolving, right? I think when we started uh, with turbos, we had somewhere around a 400 watt hour battery. And uh, we're up to about double that now, uh, which is really, really amazing. And it, that's in the span of less than 10 years. Uh, and uh, so, and we expect to see more innovation in that, uh, over the coming years as well. Uh, I would say that I think with where, where the battery range is at today, it's pretty good for a rider for their, for their daily use. Um, you know, you can get somewhere between 60 and 80 miles out, out of one of our specialized turbo bikes. And, uh, the, while we continue to develop that that uh, battery capacity, uh, it's going to be even more useful for even longer trips uh, and and longer uses. So you, you mentioned in town and even outside of town, uh, it's that that taking you further afield into the great nearby, as we like to say uh, with our friends at Fjallraven. Uh, that's where this uh, increase in battery capacity, I think, is really going to shine.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, what wh- which ways could? Um... Uh, governments and local authorities help um, promote electric bikes there's some governments offering subsidies for people such as in france to trade it to to, to purchase an electric bike and there's talk of a um, a tax to fund a similar policy in california uh, would you be able to comment on the policy side of electric bikes
0: i sure can um, most specifically in the usa um, I'm, I'm actually quite active with our industry trade association and advocacy group people for bikes and uh they're working every day to in- increase the number of e-bike incentives, uh, available to, uh, uh Americans. Uh, and I'm sure bike Europe and Conebi and stuff are doing the exact same, uh, over there. Um, I do believe that's the number one way we can increase adoption. You know, we, we saw that, uh, with governments were subsidizing the purchase of electric cars that had a really positive impact on their adoption rate. And, uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't do the exact same thing for electric bikes. In fact, there, there's good reason to do it even more, offer even a higher subsidy for electric bikes because of some of what we were talking about earlier. And the fact that, uh, they're, they're even uh, more accessible to a wider range of, of, uh, of citizens. Uh, so that's, that's a big one. Uh, and then another one that I would call out that I, I think is, um, really spectacular. And I would, I would love to see some American cities do this. I, uh, is, uh, several cities in Europe are starting to, uh, uh, restrict motor vehicle traffic in certain parts of their cities. So you know, often generally the most densely populated city center part. And, um, so they get motor vehicle traffic out of there, but of course, uh, the, uh, uh the, the, uh, the, Pedelec uh, electric bikes are allowed in the in the city centre. Uh, and that's a great way to uh, increase adoption alongside these incentives, right? You make the, the bike a little bit more accessible for people through the incentives, and you really encourage them to ride it by saying, hey, you actually, you can't ride your car here. you got to find another way to do this. And, and, and as I said earlier, the e-bike is a, is a great solution for that.
3: How do companies like you who are selling um, electric bikes to private individuals interact with electric bike hire schemes in
0: cities? You know, um, we don't interact directly with them, but I'd say we do interact with their riders a lot. Uh, I believe that those electric bike schemes or the the hire schemes are... Some of the best uh sort of lead generation referrals uh for for the bike industry. Um at specialized, we really like to celebrate those riders. We like to celebrate anybody who's who's on two wheels and and uh invite them, welcome them uh to join us on, on on a journey. I think there's a there's a place uh in our cities and on our and on our streets for those uh electric bike hire schemes. Um and we can invite those people to have perhaps an even more enjoyable, more personalized experience by purchasing their own bike. Um
3: mm-hmm. and- globe and specialized seem to be um, at, the, at the forefront of electric bike investment um, do you see competition increasing from other bike manufacturers as they expand into the market
0: of course it's a you know it's a, it's a growing space and uh, there are a lot of great companies out there uh, so yes uh, you know uh I, 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 I definitely anticipate further uh, and, and deeper and tighter competition uh with, with the the folks in the bike space. And I have to say I, I anticipate it coming more from uh you know folks in the in the motorcycle space, folks in the uh the electric vehicle space. Uh we just heard uh was it this week or maybe last week that uh Rivian sort of confirmed that they're working on an electric bike, right? Um so it's it's brands like that as well that uh that that are coming into the space. I, I think it's a testament for to the power of the electric bike. Uh, but I do believe that that special uh has a has a leg up on everybody because we've been making bikes for almost 50 years and we can bring all of that uh that that heritage that history that that understanding of of bicycles to the electric bike because electric bike is just that a bicycle uh so if you if your expertise is in motorcycles or in or in larger motor vehicles you probably have a tougher hill to climb pun intended uh to to be successful in the electric bike market
3: yeah would you be able to give an idea of um the sort of proportion of investment specializes putting into electric bikes because you mentioned that it's quite a similar amount to say gravel road mountain bike
0: um i don't know exactly how to articulate that all i could say is we we're we in keeping with our mission of pedaling the planet forward and and believing that the bicycle is the solution to the the most pressing challenges that face us um we're investing on on all cylinders on on all things uh bicycling uh so uh yeah, that, that's basically how I can put it. The one thing I'd say, if you're going to say some more about the government part of it, I would encourage you to take a look. Uh, at, I know Bike Radar is primarily UK-based, but I would encourage you to take a look at... Yeah,
3: radar. half of our audience... Sorry, yeah, half of our audience is... Um, uh, American, North American, so yeah. We're, okay, great. Uh,
0: yeah. So I'd encourage you to, to to look into the the Denver program. So um, you mentioned California already. Mm-hmm. The California one is very much in in progress and and specializes. It mm-hmm. has been quite close to the creation of that, in fact. Um, but the Denver program, Denver, Colorado, is is already in flight um, and it's been wildly successful. Uh, if you if you look into it, you'll see that uh, there's incredible demand for these these incentives, and um, they they just can't they can't move quick enough. Uh, and I think that. That we're going to see that uh, we'll see the same thing in the California program once it's up and running. And, and I think we're going to see that in, all, in every incentive program that gets, gets created probably everywhere in the world, not just in the USA.
3: Will Carly smith head of design at Brompton. What's the, what was the rationale between, behind Brompton deciding to
2: build electric bikes? Okay. Um, I mean, we're a little bit different perhaps from many bike companies in that we're sort of transport first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, for 40 years we've been about moving around cities. You know, it's the guy that started the company, Andrew Ritchie, wasn't really a cyclist, you know, wasn't trying to create, you know, a cycling experience necessarily. He loved cycling, but he wanted, you know, something to get around London, you know, a tool for moving around a city. Uh, and that's what he created. And, and that really is what we are, you know, remain fascinated by. So it's it's moving around a city, having that freedom to kind of get around without being encumbered. You know, the full size bicycle when you don't want it, Um, being able to go wherever you want. And so, electric really just fits completely seamlessly with that. You know, we never had this existential crisis about, you know, what is cycling and all this stuff. You know, we we sort of skip straight past that to the, you know, the technology problem. You know, how do we create a really great product? So, yeah, for us, it's just completely consistent with giving people transport options, you know, giving people, you know, autonomy um you know creating a solution which is really useful which really makes your life a little bit better um so yeah it wasn't a it wasn't a big existential question for us it was i mean to use I hate the phrase but no-brainer it was sort of obvious and the challenge for us was much more technological how do you take all that stuff and miniaturize it and s- squeeze it in
3: yeah i'd like to get into sort of why it was a no-brainer is it did it just make um urban transport even more accessible even easier
2: yeah i mean we want to give solutions to as as many people as possible as you know a wide range of people as possible um and you know people have different you know needs you know some people you know most of the people to be honest at Brompton, you know we all ride in go into the showers you know we've got the facilities and and also frankly we sit around in our shorts you know all year we're not in an organization that where you have to be that presentable. If you are, for a lot of people, you know, cycling in the city means going to a meeting or going somewhere where you don't want to necessarily turn up, you know, having done a lot of exercise and the ability to adjust how much effort you want to put in uh, is super useful. So, you know, that kind of ability to tune your effort is useful in terms of just access, you know, some people, you know, might live in you know, Zurich or Sheffield or you know, somewhere where just the actually cycling isn't feasible. You know, without the electric motor, you know, because of the topography. Um and for some people, um, you know, the fear of distance, you know, someone who's coming back to cycling, you know, from a long period of time. You know, it could be quite intimidating this idea. You know, once you've cycled for a while, the idea of riding 10 miles, you know, is sort of trivial. And if you haven't ridden for 40 years, you know, the idea of riding 10 miles might be terrifying. <laughs> so this idea that, you know, this thing has got your back and you know you can pretty much go anywhere, it'll always get you home, you know it's super powerful and again because we are trying to create you know experiences around you know transport mobility and you know freedom yeah not really a big sort of philosophical question it was more how do we do it rather than should we do it
3: yeah so it, uh, electric bikes were just in keeping with what you were trying to do anyway
2: exactly yeah mm.
3: um what were the design challenges um sort of incorporating a motor batteries into something that is was designed to be lightweight and portable
2: Yeah, I mean, so size, size and weight, two ones. So Brompton is, you know, wins because it is, you know, small enough to put into a cloakroom or slot into a kind of luggage rack or in all of those things. you you fit a few of them in the boot of the car. Um, We didn't want to make it bigger. So we wanted we didn't want to make it bigger at all we wanted it to be exactly the same size so one thing we set out with you know has to fit inside the same form factor and that drives a lot of the design decisions uh, and it also drove having to build it ourselves there was nothing on the market that we could buy that would just drop in um that wouldn't make the bike bigger uh, and also had the kind of performance we wanted so and that Yeah. I mean, we worked with Williams, you know, for the first few years because they helped us out at the start. And, you know, those sort of F1 engineers are quite cocky. You know, they think if I can build an F1 car, I can build anything. That's six months in, one of the engineers kind of accused me of making him do watchmaking, not engineering, (laughs) because it was, you know, (laughs) it was like, okay, no, you can have four millimeters for that. Okay, right, good. good, good. Um, And secondly, weight. I mean, if you can't carry the bike for us, you know, it's useless and not, that doesn't mean you have to carry it upstairs, but a lot of the time you know, lifting it into a boot or carrying it across the threshold or into the rack of a train. So a lot of things you do, where you're not carrying the bike in distance because you wheel bike. We have to carry it at each end. So we reduce the weight as much as possible. You know, what F1 is good for is you know small light and powerful. You know, that's you know, they do like that. They're good at that. Um, and then separating the battery from the bike, which is one of the other key things You know what really matters for us isn't the weight of the bike when you ride it, it's pretty irrelevant it's the weight of the thing in your hand so we had this idea if we separate the bag and the battery from the bike you will be able to pop them apart so you press a button snap them snap the battery off uh one in one hand one on the shoulder one on the other hand uh and you can sort of take two kilos off the thing you have to carry so that was one of the other pretty much straight away we identified that as something we wanted to achieve and that drove a lot of the engineering the design and it works quite well as from a usability point of view as well because your bag is something you take you know into your house or you take it to your desk and places where you have chargers it works quite well from a Mm. charging point of view Mm. what's the next frontier for brompton electric bikes yeah um so there's more we can do with connectivity so the brompton has a bluetooth um low energy module on it um so we can talk to your phones we have ios and android apps you know, at the moment, sort a of fairly, sort of straightforward functionality—the kind of stuff you'd expect. Mm-hmm. So we would be looking at you know, building that out and um, adding kind of really useful functions. You know, that support, you know, perhaps service or you know, living with the bike security. Uh, weight as well. I mean, we have got something which is super compact, and you know, that's great. We always wanted to be lighter. So, for example, this year we did the P line electric. Mm-hmm. So on that, we're using some titanium frame parts. We're using a new lightweight four-speed gearing system, lightweight tires. You know, lots of other little tricks, carbon fiber saddle, and kind of stuff. So, as we you know develop lower weight product in the main range, you know that helps us with the electric. And likewise, on the electric, we might find technology over the next few years that allows us to take weight out of the drive system. Um, and that is a really useful thing for us not for the ride experience really Mm -hmm. for the portability.
3: yeah have you had feedback from users that they might want to go a bit lighter than that yeah i mean people always want
2: lighter i mean it's always (laughs) it's one of the yeah i mean yes um for all of the products you know there's always a a driver for us to reduce Mm -hmm. weight and i mean that's why we do things like the Mm t-line titanium carbon fiber bike and you know investing in uk titanium manufacturing all those things enable us to Mm -hmm. make those kind of products
3: We've been through some of the benefits of electric bikes to riders, but how do they benefit wider society and and cities? Do they make them more livable for other people too?
2: Yeah, I mean, yes. I think it's sort of screamingly obvious. Um, I mean, we, Brompton is a brand based in the city. We live in a city. It was started by a guy to solve the problems of living in the city. We live in a city. It's how we get around. Um, And the future of cities i mean even with electric cars solving some not all of the air quality problems you know that just doesn't work you can't have a car full of a a city full of electric cars you've still got gridlock you've still got lack of safety you know you've still got you know street do you mean lack of safety to cyclists and pedestrians yeah yeah i mean you still you know doesn't really matter if someone's Being whacked with an internal combustion car or electric car it's there's still you know you you have still have brake dust and tire dust um you don't have the emissions you you haven't solved the problem of cities the future of cities has got to be something better than that um and electric bikes you know yes there's more you know embedded energy carbon in the product but compared to a car like the battery is minute compared to the battery in an electric car the amount of material it's super small. Um, you don't have to worry so much about charging, so your level of infrastructure investment is so much less. Um, it enables you to do quite car-like things, you know, like cargo and family and utility.
3: Yeah, how interested is, is Brompton in that utility side, enabling people to carry that little bit more with electric bikes?
2: Yeah, I mean, we're We're interested in anything in the sort of urban transport and mobility space. So, yeah, it's something we... we yeah. That is of interest. Um, so, I mean, the future of cities is going to be small electric things whizzing around, and some cities will get there earlier, some yeah. cities will get there later. They'll go to Germany, sold you know, two million over two million e-bikes a year. Mm. You know, cargo bikes. Brands like Urban Arrow are kind of exploding. You know, driven by the electric technology. You know, good electric technology mm. makes it kind of a, a cargo biker a viable product. So, yeah, it really does seem like a no-brainer, um, which is why it's slightly frustrating, perhaps, that you know you can get incentivized to buy an electric car and be incentivized to buy generally a bike up to a thousand quid using salary sacrifice schemes. It does feel like there's a bit of a blind spot there at the moment in terms of legislation. Um,
3: Would you uh, advocate policies such as cycle-to-work schemes being a bit more generous so people could maybe squeeze to
2: an electric bike? Yeah I th- oh yes I think targeted I mean they are these are products that genuinely have a you know, have a benefit for the user, but also for, I would argue, wider society. You know, they make cities like you know, cleaner, nicer, safer, less congested. There's a strong rationale, surely, for getting people onto them. If we're going to incentivize people onto electric cars and other bicycles, yeah, it feels like it's just something that legislation needs to catch up with the technology because the technology is good. You know, electric bikes are not a, you know, experimental idea. This is a mainstream piece of kit whose time has come.
3: Which other um, policies would you like the government to adopt to improve uptake of electric bikes?
2: Um, I think the main one is access. um, To be honest, Um, whether it's salary sacrifice, Mm. Uh, I think making sure product is safe. You know, it's important that people you know trust the products. So the consumer, you know, the product legislation is is good and it's tough. I think we need to make sure that when you buy a product, you know that it has been you know, built to those standards and certified to those standards. So I think, you know, if you look at things like scooters, you know, it's important that there is a um you know, a rigorous amount of enforcement and control. And we don't find that people are buying products which are unsafe and having bad experiences uh, or dangerous experiences.
3: Yeah. So as a um as an electric bike manufacturer, you'd you'd actually prefer more government regulation of safety standards because
2: I think, yeah, I think the safety standards we have are good. I think, mm. you know, the European standards and all the things that sit within that machinery's directive, battery safety, mm-hmm. you know, the standards are, they're solid. You know, they're the, the grown-up product standards, which is great. We need to make sure that, you know, different segments also have the same standards. So if, you know, your scooters are an emerging thing, you know, they should have the same level of inequality and scrutiny. And in terms of sales, we just need to make sure that the what's sold meets those standards we're not in a we're not in a bad place but yeah yeah
3: how do you uh, which challenges do you face encouraging people to um, go for an electric Brompton over a pedal assisted one which is already a accessible and um, convenient means of
2: transport in town yeah i mean we don't we're not in any way thinking that everybody about well, want a Brompton should have the electric Brompton mm. For us, as another there's another kind of piece of the jigsaw. Um, How big a piece of the jigsaw? We are, we're not in every market we sell in. So we're kind of mm. rolling out progressively, but we're into the most of the big ones now. We are between 10 and 15% by volume, which means 25 to 30% by revenue, mm. although it's an area of the business which is growing. Um, so it will be, yeah, it's a, it's a very important part of the business.
3: Mm. And then, um, is there is there anything about um, electric bikes that workplaces could help with? Um, is it always easy? Brompton are probably one of the easier bikes to charge, but could that be improved?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you look at places like, you know, Germany, I mean, you go to sort of restaurants and cafes in Germany, they're so mainstream. Maybe that's less about the workplace, but, you know, it's quite normal. You know, if you're in rural Germany, to go to a restaurant or a cafe and not have a rack of e-bike chargers, mm-hmm. rider, yeah. you know, get a tour. Like years ago, we went to sort of a German restaurant and said, "Well, where can we charge our e-bikes?" And they went, "The e-bike charging. And I was like, oh, "All right, yeah." Okay.
3: But <laughs> like, like Tesla charging in the car uh, park.
2: Yeah, we don't we really have those in the UK. but Yeah, that's great. So yeah, I think there's a little bit of stuff. And again, like the really good thing about e-bikes is you don't need the heavy infrastructure. You know, where the cars, you know, have the problem of how do you charge? You know, hundreds of thousands of electric cars on the pavements of London or Manchester and Birmingham. That's mm. quite tricky. Actually, the infrastructure requirements of electric bikes and they're well-designed, is pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. How do you
3: see um, electric bike hire schemes, for example, um, and hire schemes in general? Um, for example, you can hire um, Brompton bikes from Birmingham New Street Station. Does that yeah. complement your business and perhaps encourage people
2: into electric bikes? Yeah, um, it's really just starting to sort of play with electric. as an option, but... Mm. Yeah, I mean the thing, Brompton isn't immediately obvious as to why it's great. You know, it can you know, it's the sort of small folding thing, you know, when you experience it, particularly when you experience it for a couple of weeks and you start to, you know, go to the restaurant and track it on the train and mm. you know, get a taxi and you know, all those sort of there's all those little moments when you own a brompton, we're like, Oh well, I couldn't do that before. Um so for us, bike hire, you know, you know, we want to offer it as a service, but we also you know really like the idea that people get to experience the bike without having to sort of put the heavy investment in and then see if it works for their life often it does and then we would sort of you know welcome them into the sort of ownership
3: selaine saxby conservative member of parliament for north devon and co-chair of the all-party parliamentary group on cycling and walking yeah we've so I've spoken to a couple of brands but i was hoping to see what um how someone like yourself um, and the all parliamentary group on cycling walking sees electric bikes helping with for example encouraging participation in cycling
4: and I think for when you come from a constituency like mine which is very very hilly unless you get to ride on our fabulous Tarka trail um, and also the average age of my population is significantly higher than here in London that you instantly see the benefit of an e-bike that suddenly journeys um, and cycling itself wouldn't be accessible for so many people and this just opens up it is a mode of transport and I think it also extends the lifetime of it so for many people who might have cycled when they were younger and could tackle our hills um, by taking on an e-bike it enables them to continue um, taking on their hills and so I think that's from a rural perspective then from a city perspective I think obviously it increases the distance that people can take on um it's a way of decarbonizing journeys and um i think it, it just it facilitates knowing how many of my colleagues have electric bikes that probably wouldn't make the journey on a bike otherwise into estimates it just opens up journeys that otherwise you'd probably hesitate to take and i think well particularly ladies but gents as well don't always want to shower when they get to work um, and, and an e-bike does make it a mode of transport that doesn't always necessitate lycra and a shower at the end of that journey so I think it does change the landscape for using it as a commuting tool as well.
3: Um, what, what role can um, electric bikes play in in constituencies like yours? Um, yeah, you mentioned now how North Devon's very hilly but does it also help with um imp- Reducing the impact of isolation where public transport might not be quite so good?
4: I think there is a real opportunity for it to do that. Um, I think it's probably a bit harder because some of the distances, even with an e bike, are still quite extensive. Um, and, and I think you need to be quite ambitious, which is why I think it's probably for those people who've cycled before being able to continue those journeys um, and those who are sort of perhaps in town centres or nearer to town being able to make them. Um, I think anything that enables people to get somewhere under their own own steam. We actually have an e-scooter trial um, that I helped set up at our FE College, which again was designed to help um, students, particularly post-pandemic, get in because the buses were full and weren't always stopping. So I think it like anything with a rural transport system, you're looking at sort of transport hubs and enabling people to almost piece together journeys to decarbonize and also get places. Um, but yeah, if it does encourage people out and about to meet people, I'm all in favour of that and if they need if they need somewhere to park when they get somewhere I've no doubt they'll contact me.
3: Yes um, and I can imagine that um, um, in in small towns um, that your constituents might live in that parking might not always be that easy so do do electric bikes perhaps help uh, reduce congestion in, in smaller city uh, smaller village and town centres too? I
4: have to be honest parking in rural Britain is not as big a concern i don't think as in many Mm. other uh, parts obviously when we have lots of tourists in the summer parking does become a challenge and in some places it is you know some of our tiny villages you have to think a little bit about where you leave your car if you have one Mm. but i certainly think you know when you're in city centers um and in flats in you know up here in london it's a very different kettle of fish and i'm sure for those people who are in those types of properties um, and anywhere where you have got parking challenges which isn't just Um, rural I think we see in many many places and obviously many new developments that parking where you particularly if you've got multiple adults in in a home and without good public transport coming off some of these new developments the ability to cycle and use active travel which is why I think it's so important we retain some of those ambitions and targets to actually make active travel part of new developments because and then the e-bike if you are where I used to live in Wiltshire I was on a new development which was what sort of probably eight miles and um, from Salisbury but you know again very hilly environment but an e-bike it would be something you could do in a way that probably on a daily commute you're not most people are not quite going to do it on their yeah. normal bike.
3: Yeah that's um that's a considerable distance around uh, around Salisbury for sure um what um what benefits do electric bikes bring to other other members of society not just the people riding them but people who might not be breathing in less uh, as polluted air, for example.
4: I think where an e-bike and what we certainly found in the APPG study was that many people see an e-bike as their way of decarbonising their transport, and um, probably it's obviously a lot cheaper than an electric car. Um, and I certainly think in a city environment, you could see how that could be the case. Um, I think it's less likely, given the storms we have in North Devon, on top of the hills and the distances, that most people are going to instantly opt to decarbonise on an e-bike. But I can see in in the city, it certainly does. And um, and obviously, so it is reducing emissions in those cases where it's switching from that journey. Um, and it, I guess it is also a more robust vehicle for those people choosing to get on it. They are that bit bigger and that bit heavier.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, would, would e-bikes also reduce the, the wear and tear in city centres, um, have less impact on roads and make maybe clear uh, pavements for people?
4: I think if they're well used, I think, um, and I, I walk over Westminster Bridge quite often when I'm in London, and I think there is a real need to actually, where we have got good, great new cycle tracks gone in, that to educate pedestrians as well as cyclists about the need to actually follow the road. I'm guilty as charged of walking down. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the, the cycle lane but I think where well, you've got good cycle lanes and good facilities then obviously you can actually cycle on it but at present Westminster Bridge the one there is actually full of tourists taking photos of Big Ben making it very hard to cycle on whether you be on an e-bike or a normal bike um, so I think there is a real need as we increase hopefully the number of people cycling be it on a normal bike or an e-bike to actually ensure that those cycle lanes that are there for cycling are available for cyclists to cycle in.
3: Um, London's quite a good example of of somewhere that relies a lot on um, uh, vans and vans and lorries to deliver things into quite a tight space. Um, how does the all party all party parliamentary group see um, electric cargo bikes uh, reducing congestion in city centres?
4: I think it's a huge opportunity, and I think one of the, the other things that came through in the evidence that we had on our electric bike report was that we need to really look at the cycle to work scheme, so that we raise the level, um, so that you could purchase an e-bike and um, mobility cycles, and also e-cargo bikes. And I think that's one of the things when I'm up here in the week you see far more of is actually things like laundry bikes, um and, and they, they they're, they're great. You know, when you think about where they're trying to get to and into hotels in you know very nice. Tourist destinations and parts of London that are hard to drive around. I think it's a real opportunity to reduce down the number of vans that are coming into some of these areas. And I think we need to be more creative in our description of what is an electric vehicle um, and make sure because I think there's also it was Brompton gave us evidence that there um there's no plug-in grant for electric vehicles. Um for, uh, the only so let's try again, the only electric vehicle that doesn't get the plug-in grant is an e-bike. So I think there are some imbalances in terms of how the grant system uh, and we look at e-bikes that we could probably look at.
3: So, uh, yeah, I I, I did also want to ask about um, which measures you're trying to recommend to increase um, uptake of um, people purchasing electric bikes. Um, Are there any sort of subsidy measures? Because there are sort of electric car subsidies being rooted in various countries.
4: Yeah, I think we are looking so that there is... um, so there's parity between electric vehicles and electric bikes but also that the cycle to work scheme that we want to raise that level so it does include um e-bikes because at Mm -hmm. present they are in general excluded from the schemes um and particularly i think e-cargo bikes we need to really look at how they can move on to more of a parity with vans to make it Mm -hmm. more viable for those people who are undertaking that that work. I mean, we see it so much already with so many of the courier services and Just Eat and all the food services cycling around, be it E or, or on, them, on their legs. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> but I think there's, there are real opportunities to just encourage that. And it's it's linked into infrastructure. So it's not just encouraging the bikes. They obviously, the system works so well in London because we actually now have really good cycle lanes. That if those cycle lanes weren't there, however much you subsidise the bikes, it still makes it much harder for people to use it. So it's it's the two in parallel, having the infrastructure as well as actually having subsidies to encourage people to switch.
3: Would the um the the parity between electric vehicles and electric bikes be to do with increasing the ceiling um, in the cycle to work scheme, so you so you can so you can sort of af- apply to um, get a discount it's, on a more expensive
4: bike? I, I certainly think the cycle to work scheme, if they want if electric bikes are going to be considered as part of that, that ceiling needs to go up because at the moment they're not. Um, But also, you know, we need, at the moment, I I guess an electric bike is, because it's excluded from that scheme, isn't seen as a cycle, but because it's also not included in the electric vehicle scheme, it's not seen as a vehicle either. So I I don't think we'd mind which scheme it went into, (laughs) but it definitely needs to be in a scheme um, at the moment. And it does seem to be sort of falling it's not seen as a cycle so it doesn't get subsidised there but it's also not seen as an electric vehicle so it doesn't get subsidised there and I think we need to recognise that we have new modes of transport um, that actually need to be reflected in the schemes that we're offering. Um,
3: what, what way is the all-party parli- all parliamentary group looking at making the, the methods of charging um, electric bikes greener because they still use mains electricity so in some ways they're only as green as where that power is coming from?
4: Um, it's not something we've looked at specifically Uh, certainly at Westminster we have real issues about even being allowed to bring your bikes in due to the issues over batteries (laughs) and where they're allowed to be stored or charged Um, but I I think it's like all parts of this electric you know this transition is how do we ensure that actually the entire chain around the transition is green and not just the actual moment of use (laughs) itself Mm. is green and I hope very much as we sort of now move forward with the new government we are looking Across the, I do a lot of work in the environmental space but across all of these energy change how, how do we ensure that every part of that decision is actually carbon neutral not just the journey itself um, and I think it is still very difficult actually to charge off anything that isn't mains and most of us at work have no idea realistically where our mains electricity has come from. Mm,
3: exactly and how would you um, try and persuade people to consider investing in electric bikes because they're seen as, they're seen as kind of a lot more expensive than a, a, just a purely pedal assisted bike and almost can, compared to a car. So we've, we've touched on uh, kind of encouragements and, and subsidies, but how would you persuade people to think it's a worthwhile investment?
4: I think it's like anything you most need to try before you buy um, and obviously up here in London where you've got those schemes where you can hire an electric bike and get on it and I think that it becomes an instant sort of oh that was quite a different ride I know I used one for the first time on the parliamentary bike ride this year uh, and it was like oh feels quite different Uh, and it is a very different ride if you're somebody who's used to cycling to suddenly get on an e-bike feels very different and I think it is about trying it and I think that's again much harder when you're away from city centres because certainly whilst we do have some out in rural North Devon there aren't there's nowhere that really you can go and try it unless you've made that specific decision to go to a bike shop and try it or you just happen to be somewhere at an event where somebody's pushing them it's happening more and more people are taking them out and we did have an energy event recently that you could but I think the only way you're going to know if it's for you is if you get on it I think it's it's a big purchase to do without ever trying it I think you you're going to have needed and that's I think actually one of the challenges we have in rural North Devon is a lot of the cycling is undertaken as a leisure Activity rather than as a commuting activity. But often it's when you've got leisure time that you have got time to try out things like this and actually have a go and, and see if it works for you. And I think it's another reason why some of the investment into rural infrastructure is quite important. So, whilst it, we might not have as high a density of people, our tourist cyclists are significantly higher down our Tarka Trail than many, many other parts of the country. But that can change behaviors elsewhere in your life.
3: Yeah. Yeah, those um, more tourist friendly routes like the t- Tarka Trail would be a great place for people to hire an electric bike t- to try it out, wouldn't they? Yeah. So tourism can certainly help with giving people an experience.
4: Yeah. And you have more time, you know, when you're actually not at work, you have yeah. time to take those decisions. And if it doesn't work, it matters far less than you're back against it and <laughs> trying to get to work for, at nine o'clock That's in the true. morning.
3: Um, is there any conflict between these um, sort of privately owned electric bikes and the hire schemes or can they work in tandem um, to, to increase um, electric bike usage in what rural areas or cities?
4: I think they're quite different objects. To be honest, I think um, particularly with bikes as opposed to e-scooters, I think, you know, the higher schemes in London have really provided an alternative mode of transport around the city and enable you to see places you wouldn't normally see uh, and not have to go underground if you'd rather not um, in a way that yeah when I lived here 30 years ago I <laughs> couldn't have imagined that that was an option that you could just jump on a bike and go somewhere so I think that the e-bikes obviously like they do anywhere enable you to do more further distance in an easier speed and I think that opportunity to try does expand the market but also recognizing you know the modal nature of it that potentially you might have an e-bike at home but if you commute into London I know probably few of us do these days but for those people that commute in to be able to get off a mainline station onto a bike even if it's a longer way so you get that breakdown of journey um and obviously not everyone wants to travel with their bike so if you have got multi-stage journeys um and again we see there's a lot with the hubs and the hub setup that we're looking at out in rural britain that i i see them as, as quite separate but one certainly facilitates The other, I think, once you're used to it as a a mode of transport, you know, I'd jump on one again. If somebody Mm -hmm. said, we're off to do 50 miles, I'm not sure I'm quite fit enough to jump on my own bike and do 50 straight off. But I'd be quite, having done the electric, be quite happy to do that with a bit of (laughs) extra welly there.
3: Emily Sinclair, Livable Cities and Towns Officer from Sustrans, Cymru. Would you be able to start by um, saying why Sustrans is, is backing electric bikes?
1: Um, Yeah, I think, especially with the topography in Wales, it's quite hilly. So an actual standard bike is a barrier for people to get out and about, really. Um, You know, a lot of the the hills here, especially in Bowery, they struggle for people to walk up, let alone kind of cycle up. So it takes away that barrier for people um, who would like to travel more actively, but don't have the possibility to. Um, So that's kind of part of, of why we're kind of backing it, is because it does help people that... Um, want to move more sustainably but that is a big barrier kind of what the, the geography is like in the UK really.
3: What are the, what are the benefits does that bring them?
1: Um, so with um, using the e-bikes you ha- you're you not kind of as tired when you get places so it means that you can essentially cycle to work without having to change your clothes when you get there um, it's not as you know get as tired and sweaty really as you would with a standard bike and that's definitely something that people have said to us um also people have felt it's a bit safe on the bikes as well so and um, the way the bikes work is they're pedal assisted so as soon as you start pedaling the electric will kick in so people find that when they're setting off around a roundabout they don't feel like they're worried about how how they're going to kind of fit in with the traffic they feel more confident kind of um, getting mixed in with the, the cars really
3: and um are these do you, do you have any idea how far people are using these bikes for are they using them on trips that just might be a little bit too far on a purely pedal assisted bike
1: um i think it depends on who's using them so some people who've had using them and um, they already cycle so for them they might do a long journey anyway with some people they wouldn't imagine going more than a few miles on a bike so it just depends definitely on the user um but people are definitely finding it a lot easier to get around really um I could find some stats for kind of how long people were going for but I can't think on the top of my head exactly how many miles Um, but some Mm. people so for example um, I live in Barry and in Cardiff Uh, depending what route you take it's between seven and ten miles depending whether you go like a quieter route or a busier route and that's something that people wouldn't really think about doing previously unless you're kind of really keen cycling so we've had a few people that have been using the bikes for commuting um but i can't can't say exactly how many miles but people have Mm -hmm. found that they are going a lot further than they would have thought they would go yeah
3: Mm. and um how does the how does the scheme work how many um of these bikes are available for people
1: um, yeah, so we've got five locations in Wales. Um, so we have a mixture of electric bikes and also electric cargo bikes as well. Um, so in each area, there's roughly 20 bikes, although in Newtown, Aberystwyth, they share um, electric bikes and cargo bikes. And then this one, so we have eight cargo bikes as well. So we loan them out to people for 30 days um, just so they can experience kind of how it fits into their lifestyle. So we get them to do a travel survey before and after just to see if it makes them reduce how many trips they take by car or if it makes no difference. So we just wanted to explore if they do have an effect on people or if they're not particularly that effective as what we imagine they would be. Really, We want to kind of get a realistic experience of what people would use them for, really.
3: What have the findings been so far?
1: Um, so we found that people have definitely found um, for their health and well-being that it's definitely boosted that, you know, instead of going by car now, they they can ha- take a trip on the bike and they feel like it's just helped with that that impact on their health and well-being, really. Um, people have said it's reduced their isolation as well. And also active travel has increased by about 25 percent and about 39 percent of car trips were reduced as well.
3: Which, which ways is this scheme not just helping the riders but helping the rest of the community there's fewer cars on the road for example
1: um, yeah so it's reduced kind of the number of cars that have been on the road um Also I think it's helped people make it more visible as well so um, some of our bikes the turn GSD can have two children on the back. Um, so some people have since loaned their bike have purchased the bike and I think that visibility has made more people interested so a lot of people that have come through to me have seen the bikes and seen how the possibility is for them to actually take their children out without needing a car I um, think so that's been a big impact is just the visibility to people that don't normally cycle have asked questions about whether they should be perhaps walking a bit more with their kids or actually trying to loan a bike from me and so that's definitely something it's just a bit more awareness for drivers and walkers that've seen these out and about as well and um, we are also looking at using the bikes more in the community as well so um we've been using them with businesses as well so that's helped kind of a few businesses and reduce their mileage as well and their pet their petrol costs as well there
3: which sort of businesses I presume have been using the electric cargo bikes
1: and's um, so kind of a lot of um kind of rural businesses we've had things like um, farm shops um, we've had community farms as well that have been using them and um, to transport on the farm transport and vegetables and then them to like customers as well and we've also had places like bakeries so there's a community bakery in Rill and um, that's been using the bike to deliver and one of the benefits they said was also just make it more visible um, so it's quite reasonably new bakery and they wanted to kind of you get the word out that it was there to kind of help train people up that wanted to learn about baking as well. So it's a great visibility visibility tool and advertising for them. They found as well.
3: Mm. And um, have um, people been using the um, cargo bikes for like pri- pri- private things, so moving moving more of their own luggage around, not just businesses, um, like besides their own children.
1: Um, so we've had a few people that have used the bikes um for more shopping trips as well so you had people that have amused um, them to go to a garden center and put in compost on the back which i think i would assume that's a bit too heavy for a bike but actually with yeah. the cargo bikes you can manage those kind of things and um, so definitely people trying to do those kind of things as well um, but it's mainly been businesses so far with the cargo bikes that have been been using them yeah
3: mm-hmm. and what what's the next step for the scheme
1: um, yeah, so we're coming to the end of our two year research project and then we're hoping to get some funding for another three years. Um, and in that time, we want to embed them all in the community. Um, so we have been working with various community groups. Um, so things like organisations like Shlamai, um, Salvation Army. And... Um, and giving them to people that they support to use I'm sort of looking to just get community groups involved that might want to have some bikes as maybe a bike library or pool bikes and sort of to explore kind of embedding them more in the community and then then taking the bikes on as, as something that they would manage then
3: have you done any um have you had a look at the effect of um this scheme on improving um, air quality reducing pollution at all
1: um not at the moment so um, so we do have trackers on the bikes. So it does kind of show us how much CO2 is saved, but not necessarily how the air quality is improved in those areas, though.
3: So, yeah, coming to the end of the two-year research project, uh, overall, how how do you feel about how it's been received?
1: Yeah, I think it's been really well received by people. Um, I think one of the barriers has just been with COVID. So we started it in, we got the funding in March 21, um, but actually... This delay on bikes due to COVID and everything, so actually didn't we start till the summer? Um, and I think there was still a lot of um, issues of people meeting up. So we were hoping to to look to work more with community groups and organisations, but that's just been a barrier to kind of what we'd have envisioned before kind of COVID happened, really. Um, but yes, definitely been um, a positive to people. Um, I think one thing is we're looking to work with more people that are from like deprived areas um just because obviously the the bikes are quite expensive it's about four thousand pounds um so that's a barrier to people so um, even the people are very happy and keen with the bikes it's kind of like They've tried it for 30 days, but actually there's no next step at the moment for buying one.
3: Is it free for 30 days?
1: Yeah, so it's completely free mm. for 30 days for people. Um and then some people like, can afford to buy a bike. Some people have had two cars, they sold a car and bought a bike. Um, but for a lot of people, there's quite a lot of money um to invest in a bike. Um so that's one of the things that's that's been an issue. So it's been well received, but actually, people can't afford a bike and there's no next step. Um, mm-hmm. so that's something we'd love to be changed in the future is making perhaps a scheme for people that can't do a cycle to work scheme or improve cycle to work schemes really for people. Um, another thing that's kind of been an issue is um storage of the bikes as well. Um, so the bikes are quite heavy, so they're not really you can't really take them up steps, really. You'd have to be really committed to kind of doing that kind of thing. Um, so that's one of the barriers has been people that um, perhaps in flats, a um, social housing where they have a communal area, there's not particularly a safe place to keep the bikes. Um, so that's something that we've had feedback on as well. It's kind of something that stops some people, unfortunately, loaning the bikes from us due to the fact they can't store them safely indoors.
3: Which um, measures, uh, maybe government measures, do you think could improve electric bike and um, pickup. up you, you mentioned the uh, cycle to work scheme perhaps some people say that should be a bit more generous to take account of more expensive electric bikes
1: um, yeah i definitely agree with that i think as well is it a difficult one because obviously cycle to work scheme is a great idea but it's still um it's a bit of a risk I suppose to businesses because they're kind of taking on that loan really and so I could see why um they kind of reduce how much they are um but yeah definitely more support with that um because I've had a few people have wanted to purchase bikes but their their scheme goes up to three thousand so then they've got another thousand pounds to pay off themselves and it depends whether their scheme would allow them to add that extra on some of them don't let you pay extra um and then accessories as well so the bike might cost £4,000, but if you want to get like a child seat on the back, that's extra money. All that kind of thing adds up. And I think as well, some schemes, because it's quite quite a kind of expense for them, they might only have a short period of time to actually buy a bike. And um, so that kind of reduces how much people can actually get a bike because there's only a short period to try a bike and decide if you want to purchase that, that bike as well. I think as well, it could be good if there was a scheme um just for people that don't have cycle to works at at, at their workplace so if you're like an hourly wage or zero contract zero hours contract i mean how do they purchase a the bike they won't have the benefit of that tax free and they can do it through Halfords and stuff but they've got like a the pillar percentage on top of that and um, interest on top of that so i think something for people that are on a lower income would definitely be beneficial as well
3: what other ways could cities and towns become better for electric bikes um there's there's uh there's in in some ways electric bikes can be quite hard to charge because while there are there are plug there are plugs for electric cars that's not always the case for electric bikes
1: Uh, yeah definitely i think there could be more charging around because i think dependent on the electric bike how long they'll last and how far you're going on them um and they take about two to three hours to charge depending on the, the type of electric bike you have so it's quite a long time to be waiting around so there needs to be somewhere that you can go where you can safely store your bike perhaps go and do some shopping and then come back to the bike or coffee shop where you can hang out while it's while it's charging it definitely has to be somewhere that's secure as well because they're quite expensive bikes as well so you know they're quite vulnerable if you kind of do leave them places like that's something that stops people perhaps using them as much as they'd like to um so with what we found is people want to use the bikes we've had for like say goes the leisure center and that but they might feel quite weary about leaving them there even though we kind of cover the insurance side i think not having places in the city where you feel like you can securely park your bike up really is a big hindrance to people using them more to go shopping and and do be more social and kind of leaving the bike somewhere for a few hours
3: what what role do you think um electric bike hire schemes where you you, you're just hiring the bike like an electric scooter for a fixed time period what what role do you think they could play in in towns and cities
1: Um, yeah i definitely think um they have a positive impact really because it kind of um reduces the need to plan your journey so much because you can just pick up a bike at different locations and i think um the electric aspect of it definitely helps people that don't because i think i think depends on the city but some bikes some cities are quite hilly so it's actually quite tiring so it takes away that need to get changed and it just makes it seem like a an easier option really so you don't kind of so you're going for a meeting, you don't feel like you're exhausted and have to kind of freshen it before a meeting, where you kind of feel a bit unprofessional sometimes if you have cycled to a meeting. So I think it takes away that aspect of cycling. It just feels a bit more like a day-to-day aspect of things. Like if you just pop in a taxi and you go somewhere, it has that kind of, same kind of feel. Really, I find that like with electric bikes. I think the yeah the short-term higher scheme takes away that need to take your car somewhere because you can just it's easier just to go to an actual parking bay to get a bike then go back to your car park and then move somewhere else with it so i think that's what so it makes it more connected to the, the city really
3: if you did enjoy this podcast please give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast provider and if there's anything we can improve we'd be grateful for your feedback on the article at bikeradar.com or you can email us at podcast at bikeradar.com please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share with whoever you think might enjoy it too thanks again for listening and speak soon